literally the word that springs to mind is life-changing. Um, I, I had my heart set on a VFX career since I was about 14 and being able to sort of just leave college and go straight into it has quite literally changed my life, obviously. Yeah. Uh, my friends are finishing uni now at the same time and sort of looking around for work and to sort of be in this position is yeah. very, uh, I feel very privileged for sure. Welcome to the Access VFX podcast. Pursuing inclusion, diversity, awareness and opportunity in VFX, animation and games industries. Hi, I'm Simon Devereaux, founder and director of Access VFX, bringing the visual effects, animation and games industry together, working towards a shared goal to make our industry more diverse and inclusive by taking action rather than just talking about it. Hello. And welcome to another Access VFX podcast, and I should say a happy National Apprenticeship Week. So this is a special episode that we only kind of got together yesterday, really. We realised it was National Apprenticeship Week, and we've just gone live on the Next Gen Skills Academy's website with this year's apprenticeship cohort. So we thought, let's get some visual effects apprenticeships around the table and on the call, and let's talk about visual effects apprenticeships and what they mean and what it's like to apply and what's, what it's like to be in studios working on apprenticeships. Basically, how many times can I say apprenticeships in the first one minute of this introduction? So as the cheesy intro states, I'm Simon and I'm here with three apprentices, two in the room here at Blue Zoo Animation and one on the line all the way from Bournemouth. So let's start with our caller. Who do we have on the line? Can you tell us a bit about what you do and what your name is, please? Well, I'm Emily Burkett. I'm from Outpost CFX, and I am a junior 2D artist. Amazing. And uh, Emily, are you you uh, now ex-apprentice, right? So you were yeah, I finished my apprenticeship in December, Amazing. 6th of December. So I'm I'm a proper artist now. You're a proper artist. You're a proper proper interesting yeah. artist. Amazing. Well, we're going to come back to that, Emily. So thank you for joining all the way from Bournemouth. And then to my right, Anita Dan. Uh, I'm at DNEG. I'm an ATD. And you're our, most, you're our most recent cohort, right? Yes, I started in September. Amazing. And you're working at DNEG. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Thank you so much. Anita. And to my left. Uh, my name's Alfie, and I'm an ex-apprentice from The Mill, and I'm now a full-time 2D artist. Amazing. And you're also a podcast regular, because you I appeared am. on our first apprenticeship the episode. One. The OG from <laughs> National Apprenticeship Week 2019. We sat yeah, in a room so. in The Mill and had a chat mm-hmm. on uh, voice memos, and now we're in a room... <laughs> with a mixing board and very fancy headphones. Thank you very much. And we have Grace, our producer from Blue Zoo and Big Shot Access VFX member as well. Hello, Grace. Cool. All right. So let's get stuck in. So you've done your quick intros. Um, So I wanted to talk a bit about, before we get into how you found out about your respective apprenticeships and why you chose your route in over university or or college, um, I'm interested to find out what you've worked on because I know a lot of our listeners are trying to get into the industry and I know they're going to expect an application process, they're going to expect an assessment day if they're lucky enough to get through the assessment process and the shortlisting process. Um, but what kind of stuff can they expect to do in their studio? So I'd like to start with Anita at DNEG. You know, you're your most recent apprentice. Or yeah, so I've just started. We're working on a movie called Wrong's Gone Wrong. I'm in the feature animation department at DNEG. Wow. And it's pretty cool. Um, it's about a robot where in the world there's robots everywhere. Little kids have robots as friends. And this one doesn't quite work it's a bit weird, so then okay. he's got to work out why and make a good old friendship with him. So it's a big movie, right? Yes, it's going to be published through Disney. Wow. With Locksmith. 
And you started in September? September, yes. And you're also working on a massive Hollywood Yes, it's going to be quite big, I believe, which is pretty exciting. Okay, well, yeah, management team at Dean Egg, make sure there's a credit there (laughs) for for Anita. Brilliant, so that's kind of the first job you you worked on when you joined in September. Yes, so I'm still on it. I'll be on it until about June. Wow. And it's actually really cool to see all of it kind of develop because, like, I'm an ATD, so I'm working on stuff which is broken and seeing it kind of go from, like, just a little kind of basic animation to where it's got all the full lighting on it and it, it looks amazing to watch it wow. to watch the process and what level of experience did you have when you came into the apprenticeship not too much i i did go to uni for a bit for games design so i had more background in gaming um, and coding so i didn't really have much knowledge about vfx when i first started and i've learned a lot yeah. like it's been amazing so what do you think got you in what do you think was the I think the secret sauce. Honestly, you. I think it's you being yourself. I think is the secret sauce. Like mm-hmm. you can have all the all the experience you want, but if you if they don't like you, they're not going to hire you. Yeah, that's a really good chat. I'm going to talk a lot about um, my mission this year is to move away from using the term soft skills and <laughs> replace it with professional <laughs> skills. I think hard skills have their place in tech um, because they're not soft, are they? They're, they're fundamental skills, mm-hmm. and, and they, they get you the role. Having you know, this is our fifth year now. Um, our, the current cohort we're advertising for is year five for visual effects industry, which is still quite quite new. And the assessment day is all about communication skills, leadership skills, exactly. re- listening, reflecting, and all that good stuff, which we'll get to. So thank you for kicking things off, Anita. Uh, then I'm going to do a segue onto our call over in Bournemouth at Outpost. So Emily, can you tell us a bit about what you've worked on since you graduated from the apprenticeship program? When did you uh, step into your, your full-time gig? Um, well... I've I've been a junior since December, but I'm not sure if I can really talk about the stuff that uh, yes, I've yes. worked on since then. <laughs> really? Any, um, anything? Anything that we're allowed to get that out there in the world? Or are you just going to say, like, high-end TV and movies? The first show I ever worked on, like, properly, I think, was ABC Murders. Oh, wow. And I've, I've also worked on Black Mirror as well, the most recent series, which was probably, like, my first proper credit as well, because wow. I got into the credits of that, which was really exciting. Wow, which episode was that? Um, I think it's episode three. It was Rachel Jack and Ashley too. Oh, amazing. Wow. No, I'm a big fan of that. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So again, you know, these are amazing, amazing credits to have. And what was your level of experience when you, you came in, um, Emily? Um, I had never opened Nuke before. Wow. I did work experience outpost, um, a couple of months before I started, but yeah, I'd, I'd been using After Effects and stuff like that at home. So wow. Nuke was just a completely different world to me. So wow. Yeah, I, was, I had no experience at all, really. Well, that's a wonderful segue into Alfie, because I know for <laughs> a fact that he all, all he knew was After Effects as well, that's back very in the true. day two years ago. Alfie, do you mm-hmm. want to talk a bit about some of your credits since you joined uh, the mill? Um, I've been really lucky to work on lots of stuff, because obviously we do lots of short-form things like commercials. And so the turnaround's sort of three to six weeks for a lot of the stuff that we mm-hmm. do. So I think I've probably done about 40, just under 40 ads and music videos wow. and stuff. You can retire now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel like I've uh, done my time. <laughs> so I worked on uh, the short film that was the live-action trailers for the Harry Potter Wizards Unite launch, which was one of the coolest things I think I've done. Yeah. Done lots of really cool PlayStation adverts. Uh, did the Chemical Brothers music video for Free Yourself, which was really cool. That was one of the first big jobs. I did when mm-hmm. I started. Uh, yeah, I've had an opportunity to work on a lot of really cool stuff since I've sort of started the apprenticeship. Okay. So, I mean, great company. You know, you guys are all, you know, very young, average age of what, 
21, 22, mm-hmm. give or take, right? 21. I'm assuming you're quite young, Emily, which you know t- is typical. <laughs> and your friendships are for older people as well. Don't get me get it twisted. Any listeners are going to complain. You know, this is all about kind of fresh new talent. But you know, I think the the longest serving apprentice here is probably a toss up between Alfie and uh, and Emily. And you're already both accomplished artists. And it sounds like Anita, once you've kind of knocked Ron's gone wrong out of the park, you're going to be accredited. artist as well right yeah totally yeah without a doubt we'll make it work um but you know it's amazing i mean one of the things that i get you know really stoked about having these conversations is how quickly you're working on live projects how quickly you're kind of you know channeled into the 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 pipeline of 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 your studio and working on actual stuff um so i want to kind of rewind to kind of you know just under or over two years ago when you found out about the apprenticeship because you know we assume that we post stuff on linkedin and and on instagram and twitter and it just gets kind of an audience of a million people trying to find apprenticeships so it's not always the case so I'd love to find out about how the three of you uh, discovered uh, this route into industry so let's say rewind and, and go backwards so I want to start with Alfie and then we'll okay. go backwards um, my discovery of the apprenticeship was very very lucky and very very random I was finishing college and didn't really want to go to university so I started just looking around applying for sort of normal jobs and internships mm-hmm. and apprenticeships and I was on the DNEG website because DNEG was one of my kind of earmarked companies that I really wanted to work at if I could. Yep. And uh, discovered the advert for the apprenticeship there and um, applied for it and ended up obviously where I am now. <laughs> really? Amazing. And uh, why why did you not want to go to uni? Because I know you've said you've considered university. And yeah. we're not here to kind of debunk uni or, 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 or no, cross off the list as an option. But, you know, I'm just interested to know why. Uh, for me, I, I felt like I had enough experience that... I, it wouldn't necessarily be particularly worthwhile, especially the first year. Um, I I had spoken to friends that had been to university that were a couple of years older than me, and they sort of told me what the first sort of six months are like. And it's a lot of sort of relearning the basics that everyone's on the same page. And I just thought, if you're paying for that experience, then I I don't want to be taught stuff I already know. So I thought if I can get away with not going to uni, then I'll try. And then in a year's time, I still haven't found anything. I'll go to uni as a backup plan. And just ended up getting the apprenticeship about three weeks after I left college. (laughs) Wow. Amazing. So it worked out very nicely. So I've got Dean Egg to thank for uh, you working at the well, mill. Well, the mill, I'd say more than Dean Egg these days. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. At least <laughs> the that was where I found it, yes. No, absolutely brilliant. Thank you, Alfie. And what about, uh, what about you, Anissa? What was you, how did you find out? I mean, you're still quite fresh, right? Yes, yeah, so I went to uni for a bit. Uh, didn't really enjoy it. I dropped out. And okay. I was kind of looking around apprenticeships in general, anything Cody, techy. Okay. And with enough, my dad, he uh, is an air conditioning engineer. He went to Dean Egg looked at their chillers and then asked at reception if they do apprentices what? they said yes so he gave me the dls uh i applied and here i am wow yeah it's pretty amazing. very random thanks dad yeah he basically <laughs> got me this job so thanks dad if you're listening really or broken fridge at dnag maybe I mean, the <laughs> <laughs> wow okay i mean yeah these are great great stories um i hear you've got a particularly interesting uh story emily um i know you, you it was documented in the dorset business focus so high praise right i mean can you tell us a bit about your route yeah <laughs> <laughs> um well i was i went to sixth form for nine months and um, we had to do work experience in year 12. Um, so I was trying to find a placement. And then eventually I did find Outpost after being turned away from about seven other companies, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went there for a week and it kind of made me realize that like, this is what I want to do. Uh-huh. Like, I've always known that I wanted to do something like this and go into the film industry. But it was just kind of that week solidified it in my mind. Interesting. Um, so after a lot of backwards and forwards with teachers and outposts I eventually left in May and I came and did an apprenticeship. Wow 
Okay, so three fairly similar routes in, right? I mean, um, almost kind of not accidental. I mean, I think the most accidental is probably Anita, <laughs> you know, and, and, and the broken down fridge. Um, but um, a question for you, Emily, you know, what, what, you know, when you did your work experience at Outpost, you know, what was it that kind of, um, what, what was the spark that made you realise, actually, this is what I want to do? Because I hear a lot about, um, a lot of people want to work in film and TV, and they never really think of visual effects or uh, post um, or even animation as, as an option. It, or, the, the, the go-to tends to be, you know, on-set, type work you know what what was it that kind of sparked your interest um I think because I've um when I've been at home I've been making like my own videos since I was about nine Mm -hmm. um and then I came to Outpost and I was like hey they're doing what I do in my spare time like Mm -hmm. I I could do this and I think it was just like the process of seeing everything being put together and it was just like Mm -hmm. I, I found it fascinating and I just wanted to be involved with it yeah, cause it's a re- it is a real craft, isn't it? Particularly on the 2D and the, the ATD three side, th- uh, three side, 3D thing. God, I can't talk today, sorry, I've had a lot of coffee. Um, but Nita, you were talking earlier about yeah, your experience picking up uh, the, the tech and, 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 and honing your craft. How have you found that since? I mean, it's September, isn't it? So Yeah, I found it, well, to be fair, I came in, basic code knowledge, not very much knowledge in Maya. Mm. I know a lot more Maya now. There's a lot of DNEG kind of, one, like their own software, which I've learned. Yeah. And it's pretty cool because I, I knew nothing about Maya, nothing about feature animation before yeah. I came in. And now I'm on the regular fixing stuff that's broken, yeah. helping artists, stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and now for you, I mean, you came in with After Effects on mm-hmm. your belt and now you know everything about Nuke. I mean, how was that learning curve about kind of, you know, mastering was, that tech? Yeah, it was really challenging. Um, I, I was in a very fortunate position that when I started, I was, well, I say fortunate, it's kind of a double-edged sword, but I was commuting for mm-hmm. uh, two hours each way to get to work for the first 11 months when I started. So I had a lot of time to kill, and the mill had mm-hmm. a plural site license, which I rinsed yeah. <laughs> within an inch of its life. <laughs> I went through a lot of tutorials, user. yeah. So... Um, it, it did take me a while to get that, my head around Nuke, but I, I had a lot of time to yeah. um, dedicate to watching tutorials to pick it up. So, so I think I, I got the grasp of it fairly quickly because of that. Yeah. But it was definitely, yeah, it's quite, a, it's quite a challenging piece of software to get your head around when you come from something like After Effects. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, we're going to talk a bit about, you know, you guys mastering your craft and, and, and working your way through your apprenticeship in kind of real time currently. But I'd like to rewind to um, the assessment process. So, or even the application process. So, so uh, I kind of I switch to Emily on the line. I want to make sure everybody gets a say. Uh, Emily, what uh, what was the application like? You know, what 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 kind of stuff did you have to um, to put out there in the application? You know, again, this is for our listeners to get an idea of uh, what the process is like for them or will be like for them. Um, well, I didn't like properly apply through like through the college. I came to Outpost first because um, being so far out of London. Hmm. There isn't really any visual effects apprenticeships. Like I did a general media one, which was was quite challenging considering the types of questions that I had. Um, so I I emailed um, the outpost directly, and I was like, "Hey, um, I really want to come back and do this." And I just kind of sold myself in the email, and then um, it, it took about a month. And they they looked around different colleges in the area to try and find one which would be suitable enough. And eventually they, they found a creative media course, which kind of fit the bill. And I, I went ahead with that. I think, uh, so it sounds like you kind of took um, your destiny in your, hand, your own hands a little bit there then, uh, Emily, once you realised what you wanted. Yeah, because, I mean, I did enjoy my subjects at sixth form, but um, 
because one of the subjects I took was creative media mm. and we did a lot of pre-production and production. It's like, no, I, I want to do the post-production. I want to, I want to make it look pretty and make it like create this other world. But yeah. we didn't have the facilities to do that at school. Okay. So I thought that this was the best route to get me the, the skills I needed. Ah, brilliant. So work experience for you was the big vehicle that led to you following up with Outpost and then working with Outpost to identify the correct uh, uh, training provider for you. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Okay, amazing. Well, let me uh, come back to the guys in the room here. So your process was a bit different, wasn't it? Because you applied through the Next Gen Skills Academy mm -hmm. website yes. where, you know, anybody who's interested now, live till April. I think the closing date's the 20th of April. I haven't got it in front of me, but it's sometime in April. Go and check. Um, so it's a longer lead time this year. Um, but Next Gen have always uh, advertised for us for the, the wider cohort and the wider participating studios. So um, let's go to most recent. So Anita, tell me about your application. You know, what kind of stuff did you have to volunteer and offer up? And so they asked for stuff for a portfolio. Mm -hmm. And as a coder, I didn't really have anything, but I did make a very basic game in college, which I put up there. Mm -hmm. And that was anything I had, but it must have been okay because I got, okay. I got into the interview process. But... If you've, I know if you're looking at an ATD role, definitely if you've got some basic code, anything like that, put something together like that, put it on. It hasn't got to be visual. Like they just want to see skills you have. Yeah. So it's the potential that you showed with that. Exactly. Particular game. Yes. Yeah, and basic coding, because like you said, it was the soft skills that really won the day for you. Yes. Right? Okay, we'll get to the assessment day shortly. But Alfie, you are only the second cohort, so mm -hmm. you're kind of a bit of a veteran here. Um, tell us a bit about your application and what, how you think you got through that, that first sift. Um, I think mine was a bit more <clears throat> straightforward. I, I just had to send in a CV and a, uh, a showreel, I think. I didn't really, I, I had a showreel, but um, I think similar to Emily, I did a creative media course at college and, and games design. Yeah. So I had some stuff that I'd done from games design that was kind of semi-linked to VFX. Mm -hmm. And um, my creative media production showreel was just like stuff that I'd shot, so it wasn't particularly useful. Mm -hmm. It's good to demonstrate that I could use a camera. Yeah. But uh, in terms of, yeah, like VFX, I didn't have that much. So I slapped together a lot of stuff from a lot of YouTube short films that I'd made. Yeah. Uh, and just like sort of tried to sell myself as best I could in my CV yeah. to say that, you know, I've been doing this a lot in my spare time and I'm uh -huh. really dedicated and love it. And yeah, I guess that was what someone wanted to see. Yeah, and I can definitely echo that having uh, shortlisted uh, the, the cohorts we've had and taken on successfully at the mill, obviously yourself included, Alfie, in that, you know, we do look for that potential. It mm -hmm. is that, um, that spark. Uh, I always say on a lot of panels around the country is, you know, if you've got a Instagram account that has some interesting photography on there that understands composition, then, you know, you would, you know, you, you'd sit right in a kind of 2D environment and you can teach the tech. I mean, that's mm -hmm. the beauty of apprenticeships is you don't have to come in with the full suite of skills because that's the point of the college experience, which is the 20% and the 80% on the job where you work with some of the best mentors, um, I would say, in the world, in our industry, right? We have some yeah. great people working in, in visual effects, animation and games, um, which is something I'd like to explore, actually, is uh, the mentorship side. And because um, as much as you have um, the college experience and you're working <coughs> with these great training providers who can teach you stuff, what I hear is you get this incredible experience on the job where you learn from you know, established artists, producers, um, senior people, people who have been around the block and can teach you stuff. And um, I've heard a lot that you don't just get one mentor. You almost have like a whole studio full of mentors who take you under your wing because you are fresh, new talent. Uh, is, is that correct of, of Dina Outpost and the Mill? I mean, I, I'm going to start with uh, Emily, for example, on, on, on the line. Emily, can you uh, tell us a bit about the, the mentors you've had uh, in, during your apprenticeship mainly and uh, what that meant to you? 
Um, well, I feel like everybody in the studio has been really open to helping because, mm-hmm. like, I get stuck and they're like, oh, I'll, I'll come help you, I'll come help you, it's no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have a mentorship scheme, which was uh, which is being set up at Outpost. So uh, once a week I get a mentor session where I sit down Great. with the mentor and they teach me a new skill or if I'm stuck on something on a show, then they'll come around and help me and show me different uh, techniques to use. That's great. Yeah, so there's like an established uh, mentorship scheme. Is that for everybody at Outpost? Or is it more? Yeah, it's, it's open for everyone. Amazing. And anybody, I mean, this is your opportunity to shout out anybody from uh, your apprenticeship days. Anybody who particularly took you under their wing and, and, and gave you kind of invaluable experiences on the job? I mean, it's your opportunity um, to embarrass people, basically, and <laughs> shout them out. Uh, Ian Fellows has helped me a lot. Okay, big up Ian Fellows. Um, and my friend... Uh, Felicia at work as well she's helped me quite a bit Amazing. I'll get stuck and she'll just she'll just come over and show me what to do yeah yeah it does sound familiar I think there's a lot of people in visual effects who do want to give back and, and see the potential of apprenticeships coming through so it's nice to hear you've got somebody who's very heavyweight and then somebody who you just work with who would equally be as valuable I guess right is that fair to say somebody who offered support not just um, I guess the the tech the tech skills type me- uh, mentorship is that fair to say Emily yeah, I think so. Okay, how about how's it work at Dino, Ganita? What was your? I mean, you're, again, it's still quite new. It's quite nice that we've got some kind of vets in the room and still yeah. a current apprentice. You know, who's who's taking you under their it's wing? It's very similar. Them? It's kind of everyone. Like I can ask anyone, and they will drop whatever they're doing and help you. They're all so lovely and just so willing to help. Like they want to help you. Yeah. Like they want you to be good at doing what you're doing. They're not just going through the motions. Exactly. Yeah. Like they're not like, oh, I'm busy. Why are you bothering me? Like honestly, just ask. They will help you 100. percent Wicked. Anybody you want to shout out? Um, Francesca, who I sit next to, she's wonderful. Like she, I, I think the only reason I've learned so much Maya stuff is because I'm sat next really? to her. Amazing. That's lovely. Yeah, it's lovely to hear. I love this. this is the fluffy bit where I get goosebumpy. A big shout out to Francesco. We need more more Francescos in the world. So how about you, Alfie? <coughs> so you came in um, many many feels like many years ago now. It does. And, um, <laughs> who were your kind of big mentor? figures um, you got to, you can say me if you want there yeah, Simon of course <laughs> uh, no, it, it was pretty much the same for me basically everyone I encountered Greg was a big one I was yeah, sat Greg next Spencer. to Greg Spencer the first day nice. um, and he's just gone on to become the creative director at the Mill Berlin office Yeah, uh, so he's gone a long way since then but uh, yeah he was really lovely and mm. was sort of made sure that I was you know very happy and comfortable and everyone was looking after me from straight from day one mm. and uh, I worked with him a lot over the last couple of years and he, he was yeah. very very uh, yeah, like a, a mentor figure for me, even though he wasn't officially my yeah. assigned mentor. Uh, but yeah, I mean, everyone at the mills has just been lovely yeah. and uh, very in- welcoming. Cause similar to uh, Outpost, you know, the mill have a mentorship program, but it sounds like the mentors that you had, no disrespect to whoever your contractual mentor was, mm-hmm. um, but you end up going from job to job, don't you, and having a different, yeah. almost a different set of mentors on each job. Mm-hmm. I mean, it helped that Greg was the head of 2D as well. So for somebody, Yes, that was after to, I became... Uh, well, actually, Greg offered me the job eventually when I got hired because he yeah. became head of 2D just before I finished yeah. the apprenticeship. So he was the one that said, do you want to stay? <laughs> I said, yes, please. Yes, please. Sign me up. Exactly. Yes. And here you are. Brilliant. Um, so I want to move on from mentorship. I like to go back and forth in time with these podcast conversations and talk a bit about assessment. So I've talked about the application process, which we know is a survey monkey. And it really does, you know, that's where you get to show off your work or what your your, you know, your potential, I guess, when it comes to things like what we've spoken about already in terms of coding and after effects and creative leanings um but the assessment day 
tends to be more around your communication, your interpersonal and your, your communication skills. Um, so uh, Anita, again, most recent apprentice, um, tell us a bit about your assessment day. I quite enjoyed it. When you when I first got there, I was nervous. You could kind of tell everyone else was nervous. Yeah. And the first thing they did is they did a team, a team building activity and we all had to kind of cross our arms over and hold hands and then spread out and try and untie ourselves. Yeah. And it was difficult. This was in June of last year, so it was very hot. We were all sweating. Mm -hmm. We were all laughing, trying to get everyone to go through all these hands and arms and stuff. It took a lot of teamwork, which is obviously what they want to see. And it was actually quite fun. Excellent. Yeah, what did you think initially, though? I bet you thought, oh, my God, what have I let myself in Kind of, but then I thought, (laughs) I've got to make a good impression, so I might as well just get stuck in. Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, they are quite high-energy days, aren't they? Yes. Um, I don't think much has changed since, Alfie. You did yours a bunch of years ago as well. Yeah, it sounds pretty similar. I mean, uh, it <coughs> tends to be kind of group task. I mean, you had to build a, it was, as I remember, a yeah, a load of stuff to survive. Yeah. <coughs> we got given a load of tin foil and cardboard, and it was make something to help you survive on a desert island in yeah. an hour. Yeah, I remember it well. And then I think we tend to mix it up a bit as well. <laughs> Spoiler alert for anybody who's going to be getting to the assessment <laughs> um, to kind of uh, simulate changing goalposts and uh, different kind of client needs and requests. Emily, um, tell us a bit about, did, were you interviewed when you came in? or I know you came in through uh, work experience. It sounded like um, you'd already been through an assessment of sorts. But um, what was your kind of route in after you'd uh, identified a, a training uh, provider? Did you have another interview? Did you have any form of assessment or was it just welcome back with open arms? I didn't really, I don't think I had like a proper assessment, but I, I came in and sat down uh, with someone from the company and we just kind of talked about what I wanted from the apprenticeship and kind of whether this is definitely what I wanted to do. Um, and then I think that, that was it really. It was just, we had that chat and they were like, yeah, I think I think this is the best place for you. So that was, that was kind of my my assessment. Well, like I say, I sound like the work experience was kind of like a, how long was your work experience for out of interest? Uh, it was just a week. Just a week. So it was like a week long interview. So in many ways you had more, a more grueling assessment day than these two here in many ways, right? Yeah, I guess you could say that. <laughs> Excellent. So I want to talk a bit about, I'm going to come back to learnings from the apprenticeship. I want to get stuck into uh, kind of the advice uh, stuff. So there's going to be a lot of people applying. Like I said, the, uh, the, uh, closing date is April 2020 so there's a good few months to get your application in if you're out there and want to apply for an apprenticeship and there's lots of participating studios Dean Egger involved again the Miller involved um, the frame store etc all the you know big studios Blue Zoo are doing some I think you've got to sign off fairly recently to take on an apprentice so there's lots of um, lots of opportunity uh, at stake so my first kind of question is uh, for anybody considering applying for an apprenticeship you know why should they apply and I guess the second question is what should they be thinking about and what should they be preparing so the first one is why they should they apply Alfie just because you're in my direct line of sight <laughs> um, I think in, in general it's just a really really fast track way of getting into the industry I think specifically because uh, I, I wasn't interested in going to university I, I've, I was amazed at how quickly I was working on live jobs like you were saying at the yeah. beginning um kind of left college at 18 and within two weeks of starting at the mill I'd sort of done bits and pieces on some jobs that were sort of in the building at the time and uh, obviously you end up surrounded by a lot of very very talented people straight away and there's a very big sort of pool of resources to draw from uh, people if you need help or you want to know how to do something it's just um, yeah I'd say everything about it is very fast and accessible uh, Mm -hmm. which I think is I mean, I can't say because I didn't go to university, but I'd imagine it's a bit of a slower burn in that sense that because yeah. you're sort of in a classroom instead of surrounded by industry professionals, mm-hmm. it's not going to be quite as 
um, I don't know, I don't think engaging is the right word, but yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's not that kind of as much exposure to the industry in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people talk about the difference between uh, apprenticeships and university and that when you go to university, you have all this amazing social interaction mm-hmm. over three years where in apprenticeship you don't. But that's not true, is it? No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Um, Anita, do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, because I went to uni for a bit and I found I didn't like that there was a very much a lack of structure. Whereas here, you get stuck in, you get told what to do, you do this, that, that. And it's, I just found that a lot more better at uni where yeah. you just went, sat, got, kind of got talked at for a bit and then went off on your own. Yeah. It's a lot different. And I think it's a lot good, a lot better than university. It's kind of a lot of myths, really, in many yeah. ways, right? Yeah, absolutely. And why would you recommend it? Because I know you kind of, like, I mean, your story is great in that you can almost, it was an, an accidental apprenticeship in yeah. many ways, right? So now that you've been there a bunch of months, you know, what would you say to our listeners who are considering an application? 100% go for it. If you don't think uni's going to be for you, try an apprenticeship. Because, I mean, I went to uni for a bit and I had to pay. So at least with an apprenticeship, if you don't end up liking it after 18 months, you can move on. You've got those skills yeah. and you can use that in any other industry, especially with the ATD. Mm-hmm. Whereas in uni, if you end up going and, you know, p- paying quite a bit of money and then you don't enjoy it or don't end up using those skills, you've kind of... I don't want to say wasted money, but hmm. you know you've got a bit of debt there that you wouldn't have for an apprenticeship. Yes, yeah. and it's more than just a bit of debt, right? Yeah. Again, I've, yeah. I've got nothing against university, but you know, I hear it's uh, terrifying numbers um, now. Um, so um, yeah, Emily, why why should somebody consider? I mean, it's um, we're trying to push apprenticeships more um, outside of London because I, I appreciate that you know. Uh, a lot of the studios have London headquarters. So why would should somebody... And actually, you know, this is a question for Anita as well, who's from Southampton, right? Yes. Um, you know, why should somebody outside of London consider an apprenticeship? So over to you, Emily. What's your, your nuggets of wisdom and advice? Um, well, I think it's quite a few of the smaller companies are outside of London. Mm-hmm. And I feel like being in a smaller company has allowed me to grow quite a lot. Yeah. And because when, um, when I first joined Outpost, I think there must have been about... 40 people mm-hmm. and I think at the busiest point there's been about 150 people so I feel like as an apprentice I've kind of grown with the company it's like as my skills have yeah, nice. increased um, the company's grown because most smaller companies particularly the I can speak for the access for effects members is that you know the smaller companies grow that's just the nature of companies that put out good work right yeah so, you know, to, to grow with a, with a studio sounds like a huge privilege, particularly in, this, in your position, Emily, is that fair? I think um, apprenticeships are good because, like, you, you do get to learn on the job. Um, so it's, I, I find, like, I learn a lot quicker mm-hmm. in a way because, um, like, I have to learn a new skill to complete a shot. Like, if I, if I don't know that skill, then I can't, I can't finish my job. Yeah. So it, it kind of helps me move in and grow my skills and I guess with the apprenticeship and again this is a question for all of you is you get both the college experience and the on the job experience so in both camps you get industry experts right so you know if somebody can't answer a question at college which they should by the way <laughs> in, uh, next gen skills academy um, there will be a whole host of people within your studios who can who can take that question where you can learn from them as well so it's a, it sounds like you're surrounded by experts is that fair yeah absolutely yeah yeah 
Um, so next kind of level of questioning for our, our listening audience, because um, we are a very popular podcast and we've got millions of listeners, is um, approaching the application. So we've established that people should apply for it if they want to, like, like uh, Anita said, just go for it. But how do they stand out? How do you make your application stand out? And I'll throw this to, I'm going to throw it to Emily, actually. Emily, you're back on. I think the best thing to do is just show how dedicated and passionate you are to the subject. That's what people want to see. Like, if you're passionate towards what you want to do, then you're going to keep pushing yourself. Like, if, you, if you're just saying, oh, yeah, you know, I kind of want to do this, but I don't know, then they might not. Yeah. They might not go for you, but if you're like, yeah, I, I, I love this. Like, I really want to be a visual effects artist. This is what I want to do. Then they'll see that and be like, huh, I think, I think we've got a good applicant here. Yeah. So how do they do that? I'm just interested because a lot of people say passion and I completely agree with you. I think it's a great answer. But how do you demonstrate passion, Emily, do you think? How do you get that across? Is it through an interest in content? You know, is it that stuff you... I mean, what? how would you elaborate on that? Um, I mean... I think the way I showed passion was the fact that I was doing a lot of stuff outside of work and school. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been, I'd, I've been making YouTube videos since I was about nine. Wow. So I had all of those years of just making content and just creating stuff. Mm. And I, I, I kind of sold that across in the emails. Like I, like I, I do this as a hobby. Like this is, yeah. I love doing it. So I think that that was how I, I showed my passion. So it's bigger than just loving visual effects, right? You can't just turn up and say, I love films, and, you know, I love Transformers, or, you know, I think it's about, you know, passion projects like that. Um, okay, so thank you, Emily, for that. Uh, Anita, um, what nuggets of advice have you got? You know, how should um, our, our listeners approach an apprenticeship application? Definitely keep it about the subject. Like, you have to give a CV and experience, but you don't want to bore them with stuff which isn't necessarily, like relevant Hmm. so don't kind of keep it concise and keep it towards the subject and don't list off every job you've ever had every little thing you've ever had Hmm. like keep it you don't want to because yeah exactly like too much information people will get bored and kind of toss it aside almost yeah okay so focus it's kind Mm -hmm. of like a conversation or you know or (coughs) even an interview is keep to why you're there exactly yes avoid tangents and again, I'd agree with that because having shortlisted myself, you don't want to read War and Peace for 500 applications, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They'll get very bored very quickly. Okay, so cut to the chase. Um, Alfie, building on that? Yeah, um, I think from personal experience, uh, showing my show role to some people at work, they said it was good to like, only use your absolute best work. Right. I think when I was applying, I felt that the not necessarily... I, I knew that less is more, but I still chucked quite a lot of stuff in to try and pad it out to yeah. about a minute. And realistically, if I'd have had like a really punchy 20-second reel, I think it would have had more of an impact, to be honest. Um, uh, Something that someone told me that's good advice is start and finish with your best work. So if you had two really good shots, kind of put them at each end to kind of reinforce how sort of the quality of the reel overall and sort of start and end on a high point. Uh, Yeah, Front front load and rear load. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, so yeah, I hear that a lot about show rules actually is, you know, don't, there shouldn't be 10 minutes, 10 minute magna opuses, they should be, just yeah. get all the good stuff up front because I know, I know for a fact a lot of recruiters and talent managers don't watch the whole, don't have time to watch the whole thing. Yeah, so, I mean, the shorter it is, the, the more likely it is that someone's going to watch it, the whole thing, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, and if you don't, I mean, you don't necessarily have to have a reel, I guess, in many ways. I mean, did you all have uh, show reels in I place? did not, no, because I've never 
as I'm more of a coder, I have more experience than that, which is why I had this one game that I put on. And it's quite a short game to play, so yeah. I imagine they can just open it up, give it a little go, have a look at the back end if they want to. And What's the game about? Um, it's a little arcade game where, you know when you go to like a carnival, you have the horse games where you have to throw stuff oh, yeah. and kind of make the horse go towards the line. It's that, but instead of throwing stuff, you keep clicking the button until you hurt your fingers hurt and you have to try and get to the line before everyone else. Excellent. Is it available anywhere? No, I'm still working <laughs> on it a little bit. Work in progress. Yes. Brilliant. Yeah, so again, it comes back to that potential. So I think uh, if anybody's worried about having a polished reel, that's definitely not what we look for. But if you are going to have a reel, at least have the best stuff up front, right? Mm-hmm. Is that fair? So um, we're still on the advice kind of tip. Um, and again, this is about the kind of the why again is... Um, it's quite easy, I find, to convince uh, people to apply, you know, who want to get involved because it's an incredible opportunity. And we've discussed on this pod that you, you've had an amazing opportunity, whether it's in September last year in Anita's case or, or in Alfie Emily's case where you're now, you know, jobbing artists, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the biggest barriers are, and again, I've got nothing against educators, but it's teachers because I've always find that educational establishments tend to push university probably more so than, uh, than apprenticeships and actually parents as well. Um, it tends to be, you know, this isn't a proper job. Um, you know, there's no mileage in creative careers. Go off and be a doctor. We need more doctors. You want to be a doctor? Be a doctor. But um, I guess my point is, you know, my question is what advice would you give parents who may be questioning the validity of an apprenticeship? Um, I'll throw this one out to Emily first. I think just don't be scared because um, my parents both have very different views to start with because my dad did actually do an apprenticeship when he was younger. Okay. So when I came home and said that I wanted to do the apprenticeship, he was really supportive. Yeah. Um, my mum was, she was supportive, but she was slightly worried about it because of course she did the um, A-levels university route and the apprenticeship's quite new to her. So I think she was just worried that I'd have no qualifications at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I mean... I just talked to her about it and how, how it works and how you do get qualifications at the end of it. And I think she, she definitely came around and she's extremely happy that I took this route. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, that was going to be my next question. How does your mum feel now? So uh, she's stoked now, right? <laughs> Set for life. Yeah. She's, she's so proud. Amazing. Well, again, I mean, I can't wait to find out what you eventually get credited on. Um, I know you can't talk about a lot of it, but uh, apart from Black Mirror, but yeah, I mean, yeah, sounds like an incredible ride for sure. And I know Outpost put out some incredible work. Okay, moving on. Um, let's go to Anita. Anita, tell me a bit about why, you know, what advice you'd give to... Let's go for teachers first, actually. Teachers? Yeah. I reckon there's so much, so many resources out there. They need to look it up, talk to their, their school they're with, try to get more resources in. I know there are, there are chances to have people come in and talk about it to the students. Um, I've been asked to go and talk to someone at one school about it, which I'm going to go do. Amazing. So, honestly... Put, like do research because a lot of the kids are probably not going to want to go to uni and if they don't see you kind of presenting those other options they might just go to uni because they think it's what they have to do almost yeah. so I think the more resources you give out to your students the more you look into it the more you like promote it the more likely students will want to do it okay because it's not a one-size-fits-all approach is exactly it? yeah um, Alfie, how about you? What would you uh, again? You get to pick. So, uh, so Emily did mum and dad. Okay. Peter did teachers. Broad uh, advice for both. So I do an umbrella. Do an umbrella, umbrella approach. Umbrella scatter shot. Yeah. Um, I think, in terms of teachers, when I was at college, my teachers were very, very good and very supportive. But 
again there wasn't much support at all for the apprenticeship and when I left because I was the first person really to sort of go down that avenue they asked me to keep in touch and they were very interested to kind of see how it was going Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think that kind of speaks for itself in the sense that there's not much of an understanding amongst a lot of teachers yet about how it works and they asked me to come back recently and I spoke to some of the current students about sort of the route of the apprenticeship and I had people coming up to me afterwards and asking me about it and uh, messaging me on social media afterwards with questions as well I think again that's sort of a testament to the fact that even though there's more going on there's still not enough people uh, kind of supporting this as a as a route uh, after college and high school in in the educational system mm-hmm. uh, because uh, I, I guess there's just not any information out there yeah. uh, which I think is kind of a shame because it's obviously uh, personally I think it's a really really successful yeah. route and then yeah I guess for my parents um, my sister also went on to do an apprenticeship after me she's 18 months younger than me oh, wow. and uh, my parents I, I would I'd say they were pretty neutral like they were they were happy that I was applying for stuff which is obviously a good thing but um, I, th- I think they, they weren't fast when I said I didn't want to go to uni but they were quite keen for me to obviously find something else and yeah I think now they're, they're sort of really surprised with especially with me and my sister doing it they're kind of yeah. When they talk to other people whose kids are the same age, they're sort of talking about how university is going for them. Yeah. And it's quite strange for them to be saying, oh, my kids are both working and sort yeah. of doing quite cool jobs now already. Uh, so I think they're, they, they're definitely very they're happy for the apprenticeship to have come around. It's gone very well. You're an apprenticeship family. We are, yes. I like to think I paved the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so speaking about uh, information, as I know we're coming to the end of, uh, of the podcast, is uh, if anybody wants any more information, go to uh, www.nextgenskillsacademy.com forward slash course forward slash apprenticeships and you've got all the information there on both the junior 2d artist apprenticeship standard which is uh, emily and alfie's route or the assistant technical director or atd in case anybody was wondering what an atd was um assistant technical director apprenticeship standard um it's all there there's a lot of troubleshooting guides on the website pretty much every question that you have will be answered on the website as well and if it's for you go ahead and apply um so i just wanted to kind of put that out there because i think it's usually important so i think we've got a couple of minutes left to finish so my last question is very top line we've got about two minutes to fit this is five minutes to fit it in is um what has your apprenticeship meant to you? So we're going to end on a big fluffy note <laughs> and I'm going to start with Anita. So I know you're still doing it, but what, yes. you know, what has it meant to you? It's been great just to get into the workplace and get stuck in and just in gain these skills. I've definitely gave, gained confidence from it mm-hmm. and kind of make friends kind of, as, as you said, I'm from Southampton. So kind of coming to London, which is a lot of, of a bigger city than Southampton and kind of getting stuck in, yeah. learning, moving away from home, kind of, becoming my own person a bit more I mean it's just been really great yeah just having that independence exactly and, yeah your own thing your yeah thing moving away from family yeah kind it's of becoming one. more independent becoming my own person has been really great okay Emily what about you what's the apprenticeship meant to you um I think for me it was a foot in the door because it was this big daunting industry it's like how do I get into this because I know that it works on experience rather than like yeah degrees and qualifications so I think it's just it's given me the skills I've needed because I mean I'm 18 and I have two years of, ex- of industry experience under my belt yeah. and um, I've gone from being this shy year 12 to um, back in November receiving the Apprentice of the Year award yeah, which amazing. is crazy and I, I wouldn't have now to have done any of this if it wasn't for my apprenticeship amazing yeah I mean I think everything I hear is about you know 
independence, you know, you, you, you grow as a person, you know, it's like any kind of uh, start in life in many ways, right? And I think the, we hear this a lot about the industry is seen as quite daunting. And once you get in and all these conversations we've had today about mentorship, people taking time out, I mean, it is a really welcoming industry, isn't it? Alfie, um, what's the, your apprenticeship meant to you? Um, I think it sounds really cheesy, but the, literally the word that springs to mind is life-changing. Um, I, I had my heart set on a VFX career since I was about 14 and being able to sort of just leave college and go straight into it has quite literally changed my life obviously yeah. uh, my friends are finishing uni now at the same time and sort of looking around for work and to sort of be in this position is yeah. very uh, I feel very privileged for sure Brilliant, thank you. That feels like a nice quote to end the, the podcast on, if you, if you agree, um, everybody on, on the call in, in the room. Uh, so again, I just want to wish everybody a, a happy uh, National Apprenticeship. It's not like Christmas or anything, I feel like I'm kind of, <laughs> but it is a big deal, right? We need to kind of cement this, uh, and I'm glad we had a chance to have this conversation today. So uh, thank you, Anita. Thank, thank you, you, Alfie. Thank you, Emily. And uh, for anybody else who wants to get more information, of course, there's the Next Gen Skills Academy website. But of course, there's the, the hallowed halls of the Access VFX website where you can get a mentor. You can find out about many more podcast episodes. You can read up about all the different roles in the industry and get in touch with us if you need to. So uh, that's accessvfx.org. Um, so thank you. Have a good day. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode soon. There we go. End of another Access VFX podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. To find out more about what we discussed, our mentoring program and events we're at, then head over to our website at www.accessvfx.org and follow us on social media. Big thank you for listening. And until next time, bye.